nudges and heart nudges. Heart nudges are loving little love taps that's trying to guide you in the right direction where truth bombs come about because you're not listening to the heart nudges. Truth bombs are eye-opening, mind-blowing, soul-awakening words that just resonate in all that you are. They wake you up. And you're changed in the moment of those words. And those words will keep pinging around in your head, keep changing you and shifting your perspective. No matter what, whether it's a truth bomb or a heart nudge, it guides you, it helps change you, it makes you more of who you are. Hello and welcome to another episode of Truth Bombs and Heart Nudges. For the next few weeks, we are switching this up and I am going to be reading a book that I wrote back in 2014. It is called God's Gift of Second Chances. I wrote it when I was going through a really rough time. My father had passed away. I was going through a divorce. I was in a really rough place and wondering why life was the way that it was. And I began journaling with God. And I even remember when he was telling me I was going to write a book. And I was like, excuse me. I'd always wanted to be a writer. Excuse me. Uh, but wanting and doing are kind of two different things sometimes because in order to really write, it must first be, you have to know what it is that you're writing about. And so this book came about because God was teaching me that he gives us second chances, that we have, we have never gone so far off our track, off our path, that we can't come back. So with that in mind, This week, we are going to start with chapter one, Detour, and I'm going to be commenting as I read um, just to kind of give greater context in what I was doing. But with each chapter is a piece from my journaling, because like I said, I started journaling with God to really understand him and to get into a relationship with him. It's not just me begging him to give me the things that I want or yelling at him because I didn't get what I wanted. This was actually taking the time out to abide in his presence and to allow him to speak to me. And these are the things that he wrote. So chapter one, detour, March 31st, 2017. Keep inside the realm of my protection. Keep on your path. Do not detour. Trust in where I am leading you. So back in 2014, three years before that, God told me I was going to write a book called Second Chances. And this may seem odd, but it had perfect clarity for me because God had been working on me and changing my heart to his purpose for my life. It is the story of my new life, the second chance God gave me after I had made a mess of everything. He has shown me how many of his children are looking for a second chance, but don't believe they get one. I'm here to tell you that God wants to give you your second chance. He is right here waiting for you to come to him, to acknowledge who he is and what he can do. No, it will not be easy and there will be days you want to give up. But if I can get you to understand one thing, it would be that it is worth it. God is worth it all and he longs for you to come back to him. He wants a relationship with you. 
He wants to pull you into his arms, clean you up, fix what is not okay, and give you a new life, a life with him full of everything your heart desires. He can only do it for you if you let him. You have to give him permission. You have to give him the pen to your entire life. Go where he wants you to go. Do what he wants you to do. Walk away from what is not glorifying to him and be willing to change for him. This may seem like a ridiculous notion because seriously, who wants to give up their control? And I thought that once too, until I understood that I really didn't have any control over anything else in the first place. And so I have to ask, do you really have control? And I found the answer was no. And once I understood everything was and is out of my control, I wasted no time getting out of God's way because he does have control and he will do what is best for me. God knows you better than anyone, even better than you do. And so let me kind of stop for a second and just think about the, and what I mean by control is like, we can't make the sun not set or the sun not rise or the stars hide or stop the moon from passing behind the sun. All of creation is out of our control. We can't cause it to rain. We can't, there's so many things that we don't have control over. And yet we try, we try, we try. I know for me for years, I tried so hard to control everything. And all I ended up with was a life completely spiraling out of control. God created you for a specific purpose. And if you allow him, he will clean you up and put you back on the path you were meant to be on before you took yourself off it. It is so easy to blame God for all that's gone wrong in life. But if you take a deeper look, you may just find you did it to yourself. And this was the hard truth for me to look at. It was easy to blame God for all of my own mistakes. But he showed me that every time I did something without asking if it was for me, I took myself a little off my path. Every time I chose to do what the world was doing, I moved farther away from my God. Just because the world thinks one thing does not mean it is the right thing. I believe if you are reading this book right now or listening, your life has veered off course in some way and you desperately need to hear what this book has to say. I ask that you read it with an open mind or listen with an open mind and allow for God's truth to show you the way to your second chance because he's the only one who can give it to you. So if you're ready to get second chances, keep reading. Hold on. It might get a bit bumpy. <laughs> truth isn't always easy to hear. But the more you hear it, the easier it is to learn, grow, and let go. At the beginning of writing this book, I became a little sidetracked. God has done so much in my life over those last five years, and that was back in 2014. I was having a hard time figuring out exactly what it was he wanted me to say in this particular book. I've been on an amazing journey, allowing God to write my story. And part of that story has to do with my, true, with my love story. So I was perplexed at how writing about second chances because all of these were part of my second chance. So many different things. So finally, just ask God what it was he wanted me to say. And the rest is this book. If I look back to when I was little, even looking there, I see myself wanting to write. I wrote short stories and lots of poems. I could pretend to think I don't know why it took me so long to become a writer, but in truth, I do know. I allowed Satan to lie to me repeatedly, and by listening to his lies, I lost my way. I forgot about all of my dreams, my wishes, no longer seemed important or even possible. 
Slowly, my path became less straight and congested as Satan led me farther and farther off track. Sometimes life takes what we call a detour. Now, if you look at us up, this came from dictionary.com, states the meaning of detour is this. A roundabout or circuitous way or course, especially when used temporarily when the main route is closed. So you might be thinking, I know what detour means. So why are you giving me the definition of it? The first reason is because I want anyone of any age to hear this or to read this book and understand what God wants them to know. And second, because God is showing me things even as I, even as I was writing this book, he was there. He just simply amazes me all the time. He is in the little things, even in definitions. I'm not kidding. Start looking up definitions all the time and really abide in it and just listen and feel what it actually means. Detour is a roundabout course because the main route is closed. When we make all of our own decisions and do things because it feels good or it makes us happy, we can move ourselves off the path God created for us, which is the main route, and detour us to a path that was never even meant for us to take. My detour came about because I chose my own route, which, sad to say, took me off the course God had intended for me to be on. If you find yourself needing a second chance, then you probably took a detour for some reason, whether you chose it or not. Sometimes other things get us off our track. My point is this. If you have gotten to a point in your life where you feel there is nothing left to do, no more choices to be made, you're standing in a place of shame that you feel you can never get out of, think that you're broken beyond comprehension, then you're not where you should be and God wants you to take a different path. Sometimes we need to realize our path isn't about us, what we want or what we need. Not what you wanted to hear, wasn't what I wanted to hear either. But in truth, we are here because God created us and we do in fact have a purpose. You have a very unique, specific purpose that's tied completely to you. Unfortunately, I cannot tell you what your purpose is, but hopefully the words in this book will help you to allow God to write your story and then you will find your purpose. And it's funny that I said that back then because I have a new course. And again, when God told me I was writing that third chunk of that program was specifically on purpose. And I'm like, I don't know. The Bible is just full of so much that we're meant to be doing. And somehow we miss it. But that's a whole other story. Just had a little sidebar. One of the easiest ways to lose your way is by comparing yourself with others. When we start to want what other people have, we lose sight of what is meant for us because we are too busy coveting what someone else has. It's important to remember that God has our best in his hands. He has enough for everyone. There is no need to want what someone else has because their best is not your best. Wanting what others have causes jealousy and envy and both of those things will keep you from God. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bone. I remember reading that. I was like, oh my gosh, envy rots the bones. Envy is destructive to your peace. It's a snare. Looking for things others have keep you from what God has for you. He cannot give you your the own things when your eyes are on idols. And idols are anything that keep you distracted from God. It could be sparkly things you think you need, so you spend money foolishly in the pursuit of them. It could be television, drinking, anything that is pulling your focus from God. Television, TV shows, it's anything that you use in place of him. 
Job 5.2, resentment kills a fool and envy slays the simple. There we go again with envy. When you move your focus from God, things get hard. Things become confusing and your way is lost. Losing your way opens up doors for Satan to snare you. Satan is always looking for a way into your life. He wants nothing more than to distract you from your purpose and keep you off the path God created for you to walk. The great, oh, here we go. Revelations 12, 9, the great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So not only do you have Satan leading you astray, but all the angels that were cast out with him. They're so busy trying to keep you ensnared. They will use anything they can think of to keep you from your destiny. Anything to move you into the darkness where you can no longer see what is right in front of your face. To have you see with the world's eyes is a trap. To act as the world acts is a trap. To believe as the world believes is a trap. Envy traps you. So, And every trap is a snare. And again, here we go to definition of snare. Of snare, not snare. Snare, according to merriamwebster.com. Snare is something by which one is entangled, involved in difficulties, or impeded. Something deceptively attractive. Think about that. Satan uses deceptively attractive things to ensnare you. It would be silly for him to try to use something that we're not longing for. He watches you. He listens to the things that you say, and he uses your words against you. He learns what you like and what you dislike. So did you catch that? He listens to the words you say and uses them to his advantage. He figures out what would mean the most to you. So you can lead you astray. You've got to be careful and watch where you're going by keeping your focus on God so he can keep you from snares set out by Satan. When you make comments of your doubt, or you might say, oh, if this happens, I'm going to be so mad. Well, then guess what? He's going to do what he's going to do that because he knows Ooh, she's going to be mad. She already told me she's going to be mad. So I'm going to do it. We make it so easy for him <laughs> when we voice our doubts out loud. He's going to use every doubt against you. Every single one. Be careful what you say out loud. He's waiting. He's listening. He's ready to attack all the time. He's always ready. There are a ton of snares of Satan uses, and it would be impossible for me to write them all down. Because what snares me may not snares you. But I have learned that he uses the same lies. That's why he wants you to, to stay in the dark and not share these lies that he tells you. Because as soon as you share it with other people, they're going to be like, yeah, I hear the exact same thing. Right? So you each have your own desires. And Satan's going to use those to keep you distracted. It could be money you want. So he tricks you into taking a better paying job that has so many hours that it keeps you from your family and your friends. It could be things that catch your eye. So Satan persuades you that you need them. So you get deeper and deeper into debt, full of meaningless earthly things that rust and fade away. He can use lies that give you the illusion you are nothing. Your lives are meaningless and no one cares. Some of the lies he has told me over the years are, you mean nothing to anyone. You're broken. No one likes you. Nothing you do is right. No one will understand. That's, another, that's a good one. No one's going to understand you. No one gets this. If others knew this about you, and it could be anything, they won't like you, or they're going to think you're crazy, or he's going to give you something that they're going to think. 
You're never going to amount to anything. You do not deserve to be loved. You have to earn it. Some others may be just once doesn't hurt. You just do it one time. It's not going to hurt you. And that could be anything. And then that goes along with that is nobody's ever going to know that you did that one thing. Right? Ugh. Isaiah 29, 15. Woe to those who go to great depths to hide their plans from the Lord, who do their work in darkness and think who sees us, who will know. Satan knows this verse and he knows what it means. So he tries to put, to put you in positions to pull you from God. He tries to convince you that you can get away with things without any consequences. So it's very important to know that the truth is always coming out. Never believe you can get away with doing wrong because God sees everything. Another detour is not asking God what he asked for you. You can sometimes get into your own emotions and then they get in the way of your path. For me, I wanted to be married. I thought that if I was married, that meant I was deeply in love with someone and they were in love with me. And I wanted someone to be there for me and to share life with and to have love and create a home. Instead of asking God who I should marry, I chose for myself. That was a big mistake. <laughs> so I met someone and I decided he was someone I could marry. And the truth was, we can always find someone to marry. But that doesn't mean that they're the person for you to marry. We can always convince ourselves that we love someone. And there's different degrees of love. We have our human ability to love. And it's based on our human feelings. God's love is not based on human feelings. God is love. His love created the world. And he grants mercy and grace to a world of sinners. His love is nothing like our love. Because our love is so restrictive. The love he created within you for us and for that one person he created is his love. His love is what created that other person to love you. That person was literally created to love all that you are. So all those little things that might drive someone else insane. This is not in the book. I'm going off script here. But those little things that sometimes we think, God, who could love that about me? This little, little things that bug you about other people. The person God created to be with you loves you for all of that. Those little things aren't going to drive them crazy. They're going to love you more because of all that you are not love you less because of all that you are. <laughs> uh, okay, so the person God chose for you, the person he created for you to share your life with is a love created by God. It's not a human love. It is God. The love he created for you has purpose and that person will match your path. When you choose with your human love, you often choose wrong. When you choose wrong, we take ourselves off the path God has created for you. You know nothing of his love until you see with his eyes, with his heart. Only then can you begin to understand the power of his love. When you stop looking to God for guidance, you lose your way. He doesn't just allow us to detour off our path. He will send others to try to help guide us back when we don't listen. I was engaged in and working. And I had a friend well, actually the inspector, he was one of the inspectors, it was the manufacturing. And he even told me not to marry someone who didn't believe in God. He reminded me that God's warning us against uneven yoked marriage, which you can find in 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. 
For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And I thought, oh, I've got this. It's fine. I can change him. How often do we think we can change people? There is, again, going back to that trying to control things. We can't control the reactions of other people. We can only control our own. I remember that time too. One of my closest friends refused to have anything to do with the wedding because she didn't want, she didn't believe that I was making the right choice. She thought, she told me that was, that was not a good idea. And I remember at the time, I was so hurt by that. But later I realized it took so much courage for her to risk our friendship by saying the truth, by speaking the truth to me. And again, she couldn't control my reaction to that. She couldn't control me or stop me from doing it. And I went through with it and it was a big mistake. Titus 1.15, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. My mind was corrupted back then. And I believed that I could marry a man who did not believe in God while I believed in God. and thinking that it's going to work out. That was one of the biggest mistakes that I've ever made. And it is one of the biggest mistakes is believing we can change someone else. God's the only one who can change someone because it starts in their heart. He's the only one that knows what's in their heart. So he's the only one that the person has to ask God for help. God gave us free will. He will never intrude where he's not wanted. He patiently waits for you to call out to him and to give him your life. I didn't listen to either of these warnings. Instead, I decided I knew what I was doing and I married him. And it was the worst five years of my life. Marriage is meant to be a covenant between God and the couple. By marrying without him, there was no covenant and therefore no protection from God. I entered, to a, I entered into a marriage void of God. Think about that. That was the biggest detour I could possibly take. It led me so far from my heavenly father and so close to Satan's snares. An uneven yoked marriage is a really big snare. Second Corinthians 6.14, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? First Corinthians 7.12 through 13, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. And so that was the biggest snare. I was trapped in a marriage void of God. I didn't realize what I was doing. I had nowhere to go and nowhere to run. I couldn't divorce him. I couldn't leave. I was stuck. I had no way out from this detour and an uneven yoke marriage is pure torture and agony every single day and you might be wondering why as a believer you look to the word of god for guidance and for reassurances and for truth and a non-believer looks to the world for guidance for reassurance and for truth and these are two very different ways of living and of seeing the world eyes of god see things as god sees them while eyes of the world see as the world sees and unfortunately the world does not see things in a way god sees them and this disconnects you from each other it's hard to see as one when looking through two distinctly different set of eyes. God is not of this world. Satan is of this world. And I can already hear the moans and disagreement of the statement. 
I can hear those who believe nothing of Satan being of this world. We can disagree all we want, but it does not change what is. We can argue, kick, and scream, and try to show how Satan is not in control of the world and that things are gray, not black and white. And this actually proves my point quite well. Those of the world just see it as how life is. It has nothing to do with Satan or God. While those of God see two choices, black or white, Satan or God. Not believing in something doesn't make it any less true. So meet me here next week and we will go to chapter two. Heads up, everyone, and this is your reminder to join us for the next session of Becoming the One God Called. It's a 12-week program. It includes three different courses, basically divine connection, divine love, and divine purpose. Well, you learn to connect with God. You learn to absorb and become and embrace love. And then you learn how to step in fully into your purpose of why you are here it's an amazing program. It's 12 weeks long, 84 lessons, bonus lessons, group coaching. You've got to get in it. Reach out to me and get up and schedule and find out more or just go ahead and sign up at soullovelegacy.com. Love is like a symphony. It soothes the weary soul. It connects you to all that is right and true. It connects you to yourself. The notes of love, a trail you follow, that leads you on a beautiful journey into yourself. Love is a guide that leads you home, that leads you forward, that leads you exactly where you need to go. Everything you are is found in love. Love is found in you, in all things. Love is a connector, a catalyst that breaks you free from that which holds you but has no right to. Love is the key that unlocks every chain, every door, and unbinds what should never have been bound. Love speaks to you in heart nudges to gently show you where to go. Love never gives up on you. When heart nudges are not enough, love will drop a truth bomb on you to get your eyes to focus on the truth. Truth bombs light you up from the inside out like a flash of lightning, quick and straight to the point, meant to jar you into action, move you away from complacency. Love will never let you go, no matter what you feel was done in error. No matter how much judgment you heap on yourself, love never goes away. Even if you let go, love is still holding on to you. Love is forgiveness. Love is strength. Love is surrender. Love is you. All that love is, is yours. Love is wide and deep, never ending. Love is soul healing. Love endures forever. Love is your journey, and every journey has a story. Listen in, for every episode is a story of love found through truth bombs and heart nudges. Stories that inspire not just the speaker, but all who listen. Find the magic of you in the love. Love's whisper is calling out to you, longing for you to embrace all that you are and follow where love leads. Your purpose is great and found within love's story of you. Join me each episode and allow the words of love to enlighten you to truth, wisdom, honor, and inspiration, for the answers are found in love's truth bombs and heart nudges.